For those of us who are joining us on the live stream, we'd like to welcome you. Thank you for spending some of your evening with us. Now is the time we get to continue to worship Jesus Christ in the forms of tithes and offerings. So if the ushers would kindly prepare for that. Um, you know, this shirt here, a few years ago, this shirt, He is Greater Than I, came out. And I had no idea what this meant. At first, I thought it was hecky. I was like, hecky? What is hecky, you know? But then later, I found out that this shirt was based on John chapter 3, verse 30. Uh, he must become greater and I must become less. He is greater than I, you know. You know, I, <clears throat> I, I was never like the brightest student. Uh, I guess you could say uh, I'm a jack of no trades and a master of fun. But I do know a few things. I know a few things. For one, I make a pretty good tomato beef. Um, I can kakele for mempachi. And I know that 15 minutes could save you 15% on auto insurance. <laughs> but one thing I do know for sure is this. This scripture, John 3.30, he must increase and I must decrease. That is so true. In my life, I'm still learning this. That the amount that you want God's presence, power, his blessing in your life is completely dependent on how much we are willing to give to surrender. And that is a truth that I'd like to share with you guys. So tonight, as we listen to the word, as God wants to pour in, we'll just release, surrender, you know. He must become greater, I must become less. He must increase and I must decrease. That's, that's, that's the message of He is greater than I. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, we thank you so much. In Jesus' name, that you are the Lord of the increase, Lord God. So right now, as, as we give cheerfully and sacrificially, may you increase this offering to reach people all over the world. Father God, increase also our faith in you as we give up and surrender. All that might be in us that is not pleasing to you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We pray for this word in Jesus' name. Would you, would you open up our hearts and pour in and download your message, your beloved word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, ushers. Amen. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Can we say thank you to our worship team also? What a wonderful job. You know, I strongly believe that when we use our gift for God, he does phenomenal things. Whether it's in a setting like this or the gifts that you may have that you're using for him in the classroom, at your workplace, serving here at church. God has given every single one of us a unique gift to use for him. So use it for him. Don't squander it. Don't bury it. Use it for God in some form or fashion, and then you, you'll see what he's going to do with it, and he's glorified through it. People will look at our lives, and, and sometimes people will compare us to our past. They'll compare us to other people. They'll compare us with things that are happening around the world. But God never compares us to someone else. What he does is he created us and creates us in a certain way with a certain unique, unique, uh, a certain unique, a certain unique, what am I trying to say? A certain, certain amount of gifts. My goodness, a certain amount of gifts to be used for him. Just seeing if you're paying attention. But tonight, more than just the gifts that we give to God and, and that we use for him, we're going to be looking at how we can be people who hear his voice so if you have the church app, you can take that out. Uh, there are the notes on there. 
Otherwise, you can uh, jot down some notes somewhere. But we're going to start a brand new series tonight. And as we start this new series, it's really for us to be the disciples that God has called us to be. So we're going to learn spiritual disciplines. So if you want to write a series title, we're going to be going through spiritual disciplines. And tonight, we're going to be learning about committing or being committed to hearing God. Because it's going to take commitment to hear the voice of God. That's a part of our spiritual disciplines. And our spiritual disciplines is really to help us as believers who are very serious about our walk with God and our, our spirituality, our, our God-given gifts, our potential, that we're saying to God, I am, I am on board with this 100%, so I want to learn from you how I can develop these spiritual disciplines and practice what I'm learning along the way so that we can reach our full potential and maturity under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Not just trying to be like another believer or read the Bible or some type of book and say, I want to be like that. I want to be like that, what that book is saying or what that other person is doing. No, we're, we want to hear from God under his lordship so that as we continue to stay committed to hearing his voice, we become more and more like him, not like someone else. And being committed to hear his voice is a lifelong journey. We connect with him in soul and spirit. We live out his promises. And that can only be done through practicing what the Bible says, which proves to be the truth. And I think we all want to follow the truth. You know, hearing the voice of God is not an easy thing. It's, it's, it's about recognizing his voice and not just trying to get something from God so that we can do something. It's really about being more like him and connecting with him and putting into practice what he says so that as we carry out the word or what he's speaking to us, we can live out this life in obedience. But in order for us to be obedient, we have to be able to hear his voice in what he's saying. And it takes time to learn the voice of God and to discern his ways, to discern the, the way he speaks. It, it takes time. So don't be discouraged if you're the type of person where you're saying, I don't, I don't know if it's God. I don't know if that's his voice. I can't, I can't discern if it's him or not. Don't be discouraged. It's okay. Let's just stay committed to hearing the voice of God. If we can stay committed, we'll be okay along the way. So the question is, why do we begin this series on hearing or being committed to hearing the voice of God? Well, here's the reason why we want to begin with this. Because someone or something spoke to us and that was our first connection to God. That's how we were brought to him. Something or someone spoke to us, we caught it, received it, and that's what brought us to God. That's, that's, that's how we, we were brought to him. Maybe a situation spoke to us, maybe someone uh, talked to you about Jesus, maybe you came to church, maybe you read the Bible. And someone or something spoke to you, and then you turned to God. Unless we hear his voice or that prompting, we won't turn to him. But the fact that we heard someone or something that caused us to turn to him, we're going to start with that. We want to start with hearing his voice and how we can stay committed to him. In the book of John, chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus said it so well and perfectly. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
And Jesus was saying, as, as the sheep who hears the shepherd, we're going to follow him. And the good news is that he knows us. We may not know him as much as we would like to yet. Maybe we're learning about him, but he knows us. That's, that's far greater than us knowing him. I'm glad he knows us first. It's like, let's just say, we had Bruno Mars, right, in, in concert. Maybe some of you went to Bruno Mars, you skipped church, whatever. But you were at the concert. Imagine if at the concert, like, you don't personally know him. If you do, that's great, fine, whatever. But imagine if he looked at you and he said, Hey, shout in Loxena. Come up. I, wanna, I, wanna, I, want, you to, I want you to take a picture with me I'll, because I know you. Like, how honoring would that be? First of all, I'd probably be like one of those guys in the front that just faints or something like that. I don't know what I'll do. But if he did that to me, what, how honoring that would be. If someone that you saw who you didn't really know, but someone who had influence called you by name and said, I, I know you. You come here. Maybe, maybe it's a, at a restaurant or something and everything is booked and this is your anniversary, and you walk up, and the owner comes to you and says, hey, we got two seats for you. Well, I didn't even know you. It's okay. I know you. How honoring is that? And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, my, my sheep, they, they hear my voice, but I know them. And just to understand how valuable that is, because he's the owner, he comes to us and he says, no, I know you. A man by the name of Samuel Shoemaker, who's a, who was a priest in the Episcopal Church in the late 1800s and early 1900s, who did missionary work in China, uh, the Middle East, and India, he, he wrote this. He said, the surest symbol of a heart not yet fully subdued to God and his will is going to be found in the areas of money, sex, and power in wanting these things for ourselves. The surest symbol of spiritual earnestness will be the checkbook, the affections, and the ego drive surrendered to him. Then he says this, a disciple must have discipline. He must not be afraid of being asked by God for some of the time, the money, and the pleasure he has been in the habit of calling his own. This does not mean that there will not be time for the family and time for some healthy diversion. But it does mean that we are never on vacation or wherever we may be exempt from our primary commitment to God. In other words, he's saying we are disciples 24-7. And if we're disciples 24-7, believers 24-7, that means we should be able to be committed to God on hearing him 24-7. It's not a Sunday or Wednesday thing. It's not just during our devotional time. It's all day long. And just like any commitment, you'll need to put in some work. That's what being committed is. It's the state or quality of being dedicated to a cause, activity, or etc. So when we're committed to being a part of the family of God, being committed to our relationship with God, God's plans for our lives, when we agree with God and say, we want to be in this relationship, then we're able to dedicate ourselves to the cause, the cause of Christ and being in this relationship in which 
We take responsibility of applying his word. Nobody else can apply the word of God for us. It's our responsibility for daily living. That's why here at this church we say everything we do is discipleship. Everything. It's not everything we do here at the church is discipleship. No. As a believer, everything we do is discipleship. Really? I didn't go through a discipleship class. No, no. Your life is God's discipleship class. Everything we do is discipleship. You know where my greatest discipleship happens? And I've said it before. It's when I'm driving. That's when God speaks to me probably the most because that's what frustrates me the most. My life metaphor is a race. Like everything has to, like, like everything to get ahead, to, to win. It's, it's, that's my life metaphor. So in everything I do, it has that kind of uh, feel to it. So when I'm driving, that's what I feel. So when the speed limit says 45, and God says, you need to be going 45. Oh, that's so hard to do. Everyone is passing by, looking at me, like, who is this guy? I'm going so slow. I'm not, I'm not going slow. I'm going speed limit. Maybe God speaks to us when we're at home with our family, with our children, the way we speak to them, or in the classroom. Like, what is your, what is your classroom where God speaks to you? Where's the, the, the greatest place that God would speak to you? And, and we could say, oh, it's, it's through the word of God. That is probably the easiest place that God would speak to us. Oh, no, no, it's in church. God speaks to me. And that's absolutely true. It's in the word. It's in church. It's when we're together. But where is discipleship taking place? Because that's where the test will come. That's how we know what's on the inside. It, 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 we need to be in situations where we're frustrated or situations where we, we're, it feels like we're being squeezed. Because like toothpaste, when you squeeze it, that's the only way you know what's on the inside. And just like us as disciples, if we're saying, God, I am committed to hearing your voice, okay, here's my voice. Now let's see if you can apply it. Well, I'm going to have to put you in a situation where it's going to be needed. That's why hearing his voice is so incredibly important. Well, how do we know if it's God? How do we know if it's his voice? Well, this is why we need to be committed to hearing God because it'll take time to learn his voice, to train ourselves, to hear him through all of the noise. I remember when I first started doing devotions and even still today, I have to constantly keep the noise out. The voices that will come in, the, the appointments that are scheduled, uh, maybe, maybe you're in a coffee shop somewhere and you're, you're trying to read the word of God and then a song comes on you start listening to the song and you start reminiscing or maybe, maybe you're thinking of uh, going somewhere, maybe you have a, a list to do and so all these distractions come in. But being committed to hearing the voice of God says, Lord, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to continue to stay committed to hearing your voice. Even if I don't recognize it right now as best as I want to or as, as good as I want to, I'm going to stay committed because as time goes on, as I stay committed to hearing your voice, it'll get clearer and clearer and clearer. It'll become clear. And we're going to recognize his voice. So tonight, I want to read this one verse that brings us to greater faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, we can just, you know, limit God to his word. And, and, and partly that's what it's speaking about, the word of God. But that's in the book of Romans. There are other books that were written after that. So it's more than just the word of God, the Bible. 
It is the word of God when he speaks. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's how many of the, the greats, the, you know, in the hall of faith, they heard God. That's how their faith was built. It was from hearing God's voice. So we're going to look at three ways that we can get better at being committed to hearing the word of God so that we can live out his, his promises and, and, and be people who not just hear his word, but able to walk them out and practice it and do something with it. So here's the first one. If you want to write this in, you got to get into position. Like you got to get, you, you got to get ready, get into position, like position yourself to hear the word of God in whatever way that, that, that is for you. For me, to position myself in hearing the word of God, it is doing my devotions. It is reading the word of God. It is memorizing scripture. It is doing some type of training. Uh, we're doing training with the staff right now. Uh, it's also rooted in growing. We have rooted in growing opportunities. Uh, the, the, we have Tuesday nights, sometimes Monday nights or Thursday nights. We have Bible studies. Like We have to position ourselves in order to stay committed to hearing the word of God. Maybe you're, you're a person who listens to uh, worship songs and, and things like that, but something has, to, something has to be given to us in order for us to stay committed to hearing the word of God. And in order for us to be there, we have to position ourselves. We have to get somewhere in order for us to hear his voice, to listen to his voice. The question is, what position do we approach God in? Do we... Do we do we position ourselves and approach God with humility or expectations or sometimes a hardened heart or even pride sometimes? Sometimes we, we go before God already giving the answers to God. It's like, God, I'm praying for this, but I, I know you might not answer this prayer because, and then we fill in the gaps. And God is like, what, you didn't even, you didn't even let me speak. Like, let me speak. I remember when I was in the youth ministry, youth pastoring, I don't know what happened, but I was walking uh, to one of the entrances at the uh, Prince Cujillo Plaza, and one of the youth were there, and I didn't say a word, not one single word, and this is how they greeted me. Hey, Pastor Sheldon, no, I wasn't, I wasn't smoking at all. That wasn't even me. <laughs> I was like, what? I said, I, 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 I just wanted to say hi. Like, they didn't even give me an opportunity to speak. And sometimes our own guilt, our conscience, our, our past speaks louder than God's voice. Let God speak. Position yourself so that he can speak. That's the story of Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10, where Mary and Martha was welcoming Jesus into the home. Martha is busy cleaning up things. And what is Mary doing? Or cleaning and, and getting things prepared? Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. What did she do? She positioned herself. She sat at the feet of Jesus and Jesus said to Martha, when Martha said, hey, Jesus, can you have Mary help me? I'm busy doing all these things. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're, you're so worried and so busy about all these things. But, you know, Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Because only one thing is needed. Only one thing. And that's what Mary chose. Out of all the busyness in life, the one thing that is needed is that we position ourselves at the feet of Jesus. See, that's a, that's a, that's a, a place of refreshing or, or being refreshed. It's a place of, of finding your, once again, your, your, your center and coming into that, 
as we call it, alignment with God, we, we can now be one with him. Rather than being scattered with the world, we can now once again come, become one with God. Are we close to him? Are we teachable? Are we in the right position to receive? Or is our mind just so busy? What does our attitude look like? Does our attitude need adjusting? And we often say that the, the, the greatest decision that you will ever make is your decision to follow Jesus. The second greatest decision will be the attitude in which you follow Jesus. That makes the difference. It's our attitude. So when we get into position, what is the position of our attitude? I love what C.S. Lewis said, and he's that, you know, with the Chronicles of Narnia, it really came from uh, his writings. He said, the real problem of the Christian life comes where people do not usually look for it. It comes the very moment you wake up each morning. All your wishes and hope for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists simply in shoving them all back in, listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view, letting that other large, stronger, quieter life come flowing in, and so on all day long. What C.S. Lewis is saying is, we will constantly be bombarded by these wild animals <laughs> coming in. But he says, really what's going to make the difference is letting that other large, stronger voice come in. In other words, it is a fight to let the voice of God in. We live in such a noisy world. It is so noisy that we don't even have to leave our bed in order to become distracted. It is that noisy. That's why we have to position ourselves. We have to do something about it. You know, Paul the Apostle lived in a time where it still wasn't easy to, to bring the Word of God and to preach the Word of God. But he says in Ephesians, he's speaking to the church in Ephesus, and he says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 23, he says, I keep asking that the Lord, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his, incom his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at, the, at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked not only in the present age but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body. That's for us. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. You know what Paul is saying? He's saying the wisdom that comes from God, this revelation that comes from him, is so that we get to know him better. We benefit from it when we know him better. You know what kind of power that is? It's the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. He's saying that's the power that is in you. Why is that in you? So that you can 
you can receive the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. In other words, Paul is saying to reach your fullest potential, you're going to have to let him in. It's the only way. We, we're not going to be able to reach our, full, our, our God-given potential under our own power. We're going to need the power of his spirit, which tells me this. If we're going to need an external power, something greater than us, then I can't even imagine the life God has for me. If I can imagine my own life under my own power, then that's as far as I go. However, if I say, well, Lord, then if the life that you have for me requires this power, then I wonder what that life would look like. You know when inventions are, 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 are coming out and they're going through patents? Whenever there's a battery patent, normally what happens is other competition or competitors within that market can pretty much determine what kind of product is going to come out. So when they change different types of batteries to a, like a lithium battery, they're thinking, wait a minute, why, why is the change happening? What is happening? Why do they need more power for their device? Why? Because the device that is coming out is far greater than the one that was before. So when God says, the power that raised Christ from the dead, I, I'm going to give that to you. Why? So that you can be fulfilled. You can receive the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That tells us that God has greater things in store for us. Therefore, I want to stay committed to hearing his voice. And if I were to look back at my life and, and look at the times where God spoke to me, there were, there were times where I missed his voice. And probably because I didn't, either I wasn't paying attention, I didn't recognize it, or I was just plain stubborn. Like God would speak through situations uh, he would speak through other people. He would, he would speak through his word in church, and I would fight it because I just didn't want to hear him. Or at that time, I just didn't recognize it. But God is always speaking. You know, one of the greatest tragedies as a Christian is when we're not committed to hearing God's voice. In other words, there can be so many circumstances that come our way that we don't listen to God because we choose not to in whatever way that would be, whether it's a hard heart, pride, or fear. could be a whole bunch of reasons. But if I'm able to let him in and I let him in and I hear his voice and follow his word, boy, does he take me to greater places. He brings healing and wholeness and he shows me the greater things in his kingdom. In other words, we don't just live for this world today. We don't just live for the, the immediate results. We live for him. That's what it means to glorify him. We say, well, I want to glorify you. Really, it's hearing his voice, receiving his power, so that we can live out everything that he's asking us to live out. The question is, am I open to hearing his voice? And will I be committed to hearing his voice? Because God speaks, he speaks personally. He speaks intimately. He's, he's very close to us. And hearing God's voice is a part of our relationship with him. So much so that we sing it in our worship songs. We sang it tonight. Uh, word of God speak. We, you know, there's a song that's word of God speak. Or alive in you. Through the dark I hear your voice. Or miracles. The one who made the deaf to hear. Or what a beautiful name. You, you were the word at the beginning. And we sing it in our worship songs. Hearing his voice. And some, some people think, well, I don't, I don't think I need to hear God anymore because he, didn't he already speak through his word? 
Yes, he does. He speaks through his word, and he did speak. But it doesn't mean he no longer speaks. He still speaks to his people. And when he speaks, it must remain central to the Bible. That's why he gave us his word. He didn't give us his word so that he never speaks again. He gave us his word so that when he speaks, we can match it up with his word. Lest we go astray. He says, no, my word is so that when I speak to you, because I'm a personal God, I'm a relational God, and you hear my voice, you know it's me. You go back to make sure it's me. That's why doing our devotions is so important. And even though you may read, right now we're in the book of Deuteronomy. It's the second law. It's like Moses is telling the people again, the next generation, the laws of God. I can't, I can't even imagine, you know, Moses saying this again. It's like a parent, right, saying again to your kids, you know, go take a shower, go take a bath, brush your teeth, you know, do something. It's, it's Moses once again telling the people. And now that we have Deuteronomy and we're reading it, some things you may not even understand, It's okay that you may not understand it right now, but you keep reading it, you keep reading it, you keep reading it. As time goes on, it's not that you're just trying to understand the Bible. What you're trying to do is develop your relationship with God, learning to hear his voice. See, we don't give up on our children. I don't know how many times I had to tell my children, stop putting Legos in the VCR. (laughs) If you don't know what a VCR is, Google it. (laughs) It's it's an old DVD (laughs) machine. If you don't know what a DVD is, then go ask your grandma. But they would keep putting toys in this thing. And I kept telling them over and over, stop doing that. Now, you know, 20 years later, they don't do that. I mean, it didn't take them 20 years, but it did take them some time. They just didn't understand, how can I not put things in there? You always put something in there. But it took time. took a couple lickings too, but it still took time for them to understand not to do that. Same thing with us. You may read the word of God. You may not understand it. You keep reading it. Because God will speak to us. He'll speak to our hearts. He'll, he'll speak instructively. He'll speak correctively. He'll, he'll even give us direction. And even when we don't agree with God, it doesn't mean we stop being committed to hearing his voice. We stay committed to hearing his voice. He gave us his word. And his word never returns void. Get into position. The second thing is to make prayer. Make prayer important. As we commit ourselves to hearing God, prayer is a part of it. You know what? You know, I think of prayer as prayer is like the it's like the world wide web for Christians to God. That's how we stay connected to God. It's through prayer. And you don't need batteries, electricity, Wi-Fi to stay connected to God. It never gets severed. Never. You can be mad at God talking to him, being mad at him, and you're praying. Prayer, prayer is like thinking deeply about the things of God in his presence. Like you're just in his presence. God is such a father, a good father, that he's okay with you being upset in his presence. He's okay with you being overly joyful. He's okay with you being you in his presence, talking with him. He understands Jesus went through it all. You know, if you read the Bibles, uh, read the Bible and the scriptures, Jesus went through it all. He, he dealt with people saying things to him, ridiculing him, loving him, saying positive things to him. So he dealt with it all. He understands everything that we go through. So when we pray to God, Jesus is the mediator between us and God. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, our Father which art in heaven. 
In other words, Jesus is saying, we are all, in the body of Christ, we all have access to the Father. And he listens. He hears our prayers. And when we make prayer important, and we position ourselves even in prayer, whether it's getting on your knees, whether it's lifting your hands, whether it's bowing your head, maybe, maybe closing your eyes just to stay focused, or, or pray with your eyes open. It, it's, it's you speaking with God. First thing in the morning, pray. Before you go to bed, pray. Like, talk to God. Stay connected with Him. Because when we do that and we're staying committed to Him, it, it's more than just talking. It's building the relationship with him. Imagine if you're married and you never talk to each other. Just, I mean, what kind of relationship would that be? But because we're connected with God, we have this relationship with him. We, we keep talking with him. You know, one of my favorite Disney movies came out, I think it came out in the 90s. It was a Disney cartoon called Aladdin. When that, when that cartoon came out, I was blown away because they were trying new technology in there. But... Robin Williams did such a good job with the genie. And of course, Robin you know, Williams passed away, and it's like his legacy is the genie. And now the new Aladdin is coming out. It's like the real-life Aladdin. And I had mixed feelings because it's Will Smith, rapper, actor. He's one of my favorite actors. So... Because I grew up, you know, in the 90s and, you know, Fresh Prince and all of that. So I'm watching the previews, and I don't know where I stand yet. I need to watch the movie. So the reason why I bring this up is because God is not a genie. He's not a genie. The, the Bible isn't some magic thing. It's like, okay, give me. I just need three things today. Rent, health, food. That's all I need today. Pay my bills. It, that's not God. That's, that's not who God is. And you don't want God to be like that. You want a relationship with God, but that's, that's just not who he is. And I think if we were to look at prayer as not, you know, okay, God, this is what I need. But prayer as, hey, God, I, I want to build this relationship with you. It changes everything about prayer. It becomes more conversational than it does demanding. And although God says, yes, give me your needs. Ask and you shall receive. Even though he says that, that's not only what prayer is. Imagine if all you did when you would talk to your spouse is just ask and talk. It's like, hey, Heidi, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Okay, good. I was just wondering how you were today because today, my goodness, it was an unbelievable day. I loved my day. How was your day? Well, my day was great. I hope you had a great day. I was thinking of maybe doing something tonight. Yeah, it would be so good. Yeah, and hopefully when I come pick you up, you're ready to go. So I'll be home maybe around 5.30, 5.37. But if you're ready, then we can get going and we'll, we'll catch a movie or something. And then, I don't know, maybe we'll go eat out somewhere. Where would you like to eat? Well, you know where I would like to eat? I would like to eat at, I don't know, my favorite restaurant, like, I don't know, Hawaiian Brain Freeze or something like that. And then maybe, maybe after that, I don't know. Maybe we can watch a movie and, you know, two movies tonight. Yeah, that'll be great. Okay, all right. See you at home. All right, bye. Click. And I hang up the phone. First of all, Heidi probably hung up already. Secondly, <laughs> it wouldn't even do anything in our relationship. It would probably make our relationship even that much worse. There's no feedback. There's no conversation. There's no relationship. But that is sometimes our relationship with God. That's our prayer with God. 
God, I need this, I need this. Can you bless this person through this? And tomorrow, this and this. Okay, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. And God is like, oh, I was just about to. Oh. Now, I'm sure God doesn't hang up on us, but it's almost like we might as well have hung up on him. Because we're not even giving him an opportunity to stay in conversation. Like, that's why the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. There needs to be that stillness. Even in the still, quiet voice that the Bible talks about, even in that, God speaks. It's a still, quiet voice. He settles us. Being committed to hearing God has more to do with an attitude as a Christian, as a disciple of Jesus, than it does hearing just sounds of God, words of God, or their understanding and meaning. It's what is my attitude with God? How's my prayer, my prayer time? How, is it important to me? James chapter 1, verses 21 through 25 tells us, therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. They will be blessed. It's a promise from God. There's no might in there. They might be blessed. They will be blessed. Why? Because you're living out the word of God. It's his promise to us. You will be blessed. That's why we get into position to be blessed by God, by being committed to hearing his voice. We make prayer important. And the last thing, the third thing, is to put into practice what he speaks. We just put into practice what he speaks. And, and, and although it may be difficult, it comes with the greatest blessing. Just put into practice what he speaks. Put into practice. And even if you, you think, okay, God, I, I believe this is you. Read it in your word. I'm going to follow through with this. And it may not work out according to you wanted it, how you wanted it to. It doesn't mean you weren't hearing God's voice. You stay committed to him. Stay committed to hearing his voice. Because the more and more we practice living out the word of God, the more and more we build our relationship with him. And we don't live out the word of God just so that we can do stuff. It's so that we can continuously stay in this connection with God, stay in this relationship with him. So that we can always evaluate with him. That's what communion is all about. You know when we receive communion with the juice and the bread? The Bible says to examine yourselves. That's, that's, that's our prayer time with God. That's our relationship with him. That's us saying to him, I'm going to practice what you're speaking to me. And I want to hear your voice that we're going to stay dedicated to the cause of Christ. What does that look like to you? What does that look like for you in, in, in putting into practice what he speaks? What does that look like? Because when you, you, you can practice something over and over again, but if all you did was the same thing over and over and you never implement it for a real thing, let's just say in basketball you keep shooting free throws over and over and over and over and over, and then game time comes. 
and you get fouled on a shot, and now you have to go to the free throw line, you cannot go to the referee and say, you know, I've practiced this like a thousand times this week. I made most of them, so I don't need to shoot that. I'm good. Take my word. We're good. Just put some points on the board. We're good. You need to put into practice what you were practicing. When we read the word of God, when we hear the word of God, we're practicing it, we're practicing it, and now when real life hits, we're, gonna, we're going to do what it says. We don't just say, well, God, I was in the word, so everything should be working out. Everything should be fine. Why, is, why are things falling apart? He says, because now you need to practice what you've been doing all this time in hearing my voice. We were, we were at Paneva last week, Sunday, <laughs> playing basketball, and uh, uh, the, the, there was this, a couple of guys playing, and, and so I didn't even know I was going to be playing with them. They just kind of let me in. And so one of the guys, he said, so are you going to shoot for the ball? I said, what's that? He said, are you going to shoot the ball? So they can be on our team or their team or we're shooting for ball. We're shooting for teams. He's speaking super fast. And so I didn't really know what he was saying. So apparently I was on someone's team. And so it was three on three, you know, just uh, pickup ball. So he looks at me and he goes, wow, man, you legit. <laughs> I said, what? He goes, wow, man, you legit. Look at that. You got the shoes, the shorts, you got jacket. You legit. You must be good. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 here's the, here's the key. This is what my friend said. If you cannot shoot well, you might as well look good trying. <laughs> so, so I told him, I was like, hey, so long as I look good trying, I'm good. It doesn't have to go in. I'm good. I'm fine. I don't have to make the shot, but if I look good and you're taking pictures, I'm good. I'm fine. And I thought about that, and I thought, wait a minute, Lord. Is that me as a Christian? Is that me as a Christian? That, hey, man, you look good. You go to church. Man, you read the Word of God every day. You read the Word. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm still in an accent, but you read, if you're reading, <laughs> this is my own story. You, you, because we do the things of God, right? We, like we, we, do, we do what we feel is necessary, which is not a bad thing. We're supposed to meet together. That's, that's what God said to do. That's what the whole book of Acts is all about. Not, not forgetting the habit of meeting together. And then you go out and you put into practice what you learned. We come together as the body of Christ to encourage one another. If anything, this should be the place that we don't come to look good, but we come because he's good so that his goodness can be in our lives and we don't just look the part, but we become a part of God and we go out into the world. Sometimes we find ourselves speaking well, doing the talking, but we haven't yet positioned ourselves to listen, to obey. Sometimes maybe we're too busy coming to God with our own list that we really don't, we're really not praying with him. We're just, we're giving him to-do lists. And maybe sometimes we look the part but we still need to put into practice what we're learning from what he speaks to us. You know, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus says, there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been, been kept secret, but that it should come to light. And then he says these words, if anyone has ears to hear, let him 
here. Only Jesus says these words. Only Jesus stated this. He is the only one saying this. In other words, he's saying, don't ever close your ears or your heart to your need to be taught by me. Because it is the key to your growth, your fruitfulness, and to receive the promises of the Father for his blessings in your life. Because it's more important than just hearing the sounds of God and just his voice. It's, it's about being a genuine listener to, with the intent to receive and then to respond to what God is speaking. That's why in Mark chapter 4, verse 20, when Jesus is giving the four different soils, you know, the hard soil, the, the rocky soil, the thorns, uh, the soil with the thorns, and then the good soil, he says in verse 20, Mark chapter 4, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some 100. You know what Jesus is saying? Don't ever underestimate what God can do when someone hears his word and puts it into application. Stay committed to hearing his word. It not only comes with his promises, but it comes with God himself. Just think about it. Think of it this way. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to ask Blossom to come up. Just think of it this way. The, the most important relationship that you and I will ever have is our relationship with God. Just to know that we hear his voice should satisfy our souls. Just think about it. We can hear God speak. He speaks to us. Just to have that relationship with him, for us to get into his word that he spoke that he gives to us as his, his people, as his, as his children, just to know that, it, it should be honoring and refreshing. Even if you're hearing his word, hearing him speak, and you're having a hard time implement that, let's not focus on this part yet. Let's just focus on the fact that I, I'm hearing God. I'm hearing, I'm hearing your voice. I'm hearing you speak. The application, Lord, is where I need your power, is where I need your strength, is where I need your help. That's what I'm struggling with. I have no problem hearing you. I I'm committed to hearing you. But, Lord, this is where I'm having a problem with. It's carrying that out. And when you pray that to God, he promises that the same power that raised Christ from the dead, watch this, will raise you from the dead of carrying out what he already has spoken. When God spoke everything into existence, he spoke it out of nothing. So if you ever find yourself in a place where I, I got nothing left, God, I got nothing, then God can do something with your nothing because God doesn't need anything in order for him to speak something into existence. All he needs is his word and that's all that matters. That's part of our spiritual discipline. Can we say tonight we would stay committed to hearing the voice of God? Would you do that with me? Let's do that together, okay? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment as we pray. Lord God, one of the things that, that we're learning is, is not only do you speak to us, but 
it's more of a relationship with you than just trying to do things that you're saying. But it, it takes commitment because we're still learning. We're, we're learning about your voice. We're learning what you sound like and, and how you speak to us. You speak through creation. You speak through your word. You speak in prayer. You speak through the person of the Holy Spirit. You speak through, through other people. And it's really coming back to the, to the central voice of who you are. And in everything we do, we want to obey you. And so whatever you've been speaking to us, help us to position ourselves so that we stay close to you. So that we're the kinds of people that see prayer as important, that as we speak with you and connect with you, it's more than just us speaking to you. But it's also you speaking to us. Because we all know, Lord, that when you speak to us, there's a reason. And when we put it into practice, what you speak, it just strengthens our relationship with you. So right now, Lord, can you, can you speak to our hearts? Fill us with the power that raised Christ from the dead so that we can become everything you made us to be. And Lord, we just want to give you time so that you can speak to our hearts right now. Lord, thank you for always being faithful. And as we stay committed to hearing your voice, we want to be people who are so thankful that we even hear your voice. I'm sure we can remember what it was like not being in a relationship with you, but because we are in this relationship, may we never take for granted that we have full access to you and that you will always empower us to carry out your commands and, and what you're asking of us and, and who we're becoming in you. So thank you once again for being such a wonderful father. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray, we all sit together. Amen. Amen.